0: Tony Cuisina live in Auckland, New Zealand at the Fale Dojo, and you are listening to the JK podcast.
1: podcast is brought to you by collar and elbow collar and elbow was founded on the traditional values of professional wrestling two entities working together to create a product intended to connect with people on an emotional level a symbiotic relationship where one cannot flourish without the other we strive to create a product that embodies our passion for professional wrestling expressed through street fashion. Make sure to use promo code JKPodcast at the checkout and receive yourself a sweet 10% off your entire order from collarandelbowbrand.com.
2: All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafill here back on the j and podcast. What's up, guys? First proud part of the Roar Network and at the dot That's right. All right, this week, guys, we have a very special guest coming to us all the way from over in New Zealand. We have Mr. Tony Casina. Welcome to the show, sir.
0: Hey, guys, how are you?
2: Not too bad. So before we kind of get into all the that we want to talk to you about, we're going to play a little uh, a bit from you here. This is uh, Tony Casina. Uh, shooting a promo for an upcoming match. This was a little while ago, coming for CWE. Here we go,
0: guys. Canadian Wrestling's Elite Nightmare on Elm Street Tour. 21 days. 21 cities. 21 matches. I told you I would survive as Canadian Unified Junior Heavyweight Champion. They've been coming after me. The best have been coming after me. We're not even halfway through, and they've been giving it their all. The belt may not survive, but I will. Mm -hmm. I told everyone I was gonna leave this tour with the belt. That's exactly what's happening. Some may like it and some may not. The bottom line is, when I tell you I'm here to dominate and conquer, that's exactly, exactly what I'm here to do. No one's going to stop me. No one stands in my way. I'll show the world why I'm the best. So there we go.
2: Representing, you're not a Canadian board wrestler, but you're more or less kind of uh, almost uh, representing Canada over New Zealand there, Tony.
0: Yes, and probably so.
2: So, (laughs) well, let's start off with um, what the kind of, it's always kind of seemingly the the first kind of question, but it's a question, of course, we always like to ask every guest that we have. Where did your professional wrestling journey start, and how did you get into the business?
0: Oh, boy. Um, Very strange. I don't know that I've even told the story. I dabbled around through the years. Uh, Actually, it started my my chasing after it was in high school and my friend pat DiMartino and i went down to the portland sports arena where don owen ran wrestling this was our senior year and graduation was coming up and you know we have our gold gym tank tops on and <laughs> we were as jacked as we can be and um you know uh, i didn't have a lot of self-confidence or self-esteem as a kid but i but at the same time looking back i knew what i wanted and when i wanted something I walked right up to Barry Owen with complete confidence and introduced myself and said, "I want to be a professional wrestler. My friend and I are here. Um, we want to get into wrestling. Can you help us?" And and you know uh, he gave us the best blow off type of answer. He said, uh, "Oh, are you guys uh, are you guys wrestling now in school?" I said, "Yes, sir. Yep. Senior year we're we're wrestling. We'll graduate here in a couple of months." He's like, "Excellent. What I'll need you to do is." Um, keep on wrestling through college, and when you graduate at that time, you can get licensed through the NWA, and we can take a look at you. And he had a paper rolled up, because, you know, he was the promoter's son, he had stuff to do, he goes, he the paper, he goes, you guys enjoy the show, you look great, good for you. And so it was like an encouraging kind of, you know, beat it kid, but very nicely done. And uh, years later, when I met Barry and I reminded him of that, we had a good laugh. <laughs> but... Not a lot of confidence, so um, you know I called a lot of places, but I'd never been away from home. Called yep. ECW, and they said, "Yeah, it costs this much, and we can you can make some money doing ring crew and things of that nature." I'm like, "Oh gosh, you know, you know, it's 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 one thing when you're calling and asking questions, but when someone says yes, it's like uh, now I got to put up or shut up."
2: <laughs> exactly. Right. But
0: uh, I had talked to Jesse Barr in 94 and i and I, because it was killing me and i thought man i gotta i just gotta do it and he told me how his brother art bar was doing so well in mexico and his eyes lit up like literally he was so proud of art and i had finally decided i think i'll do it and then art passed away no. and i felt so bad i just couldn't bear to go and talk to him about training i just felt so awful so man i just sat on it and then finally um I discovered a little bit of a local wrestling scene in Portland. Um, Don Owens had stopped running in 91. Uh, I didn't know much about any local wrestling at all mm-hmm. because there was no internet at that time but July 96 Billy Jack Haynes had a radio show. he's talking about what's going on and talking about Sandy bar running shows and I called the radio show and I said, look here's the thing so I just said it right over the air yep here's the thing. I'm five foot five. Ray Mysterio Jr. Is in WCW.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: They have an influx of guys that are my size. I can do this. This is what I've wanted to do. And he said, "Hold on, brother. We'll go off the break." And he took my info, and and uh, I met with him, and you know he started me out, and uh, and then I got hooked in with um, Matt Bourne and mm-hmm. Matt took the rest of it, and molded me, and beat the hell out of me, <laughs> and then beat me up some more, and said, don't you ever let anybody take advantage of you, and and uh, brought me up to Vancouver, BC, to ECCW, in April of 97, Yep, and
2: that was it. Oh. Extreme yep. Canadian Championship Wrestling, right?
0: Yes, my my debut was in January, end of January, January 26 ninety seven And, uh, Sandy Bar was closing shop. I didn't realize that, but Matt's like, hey, I want you to come with me to Canada. He didn't ask you, he just told you, hey, I want you to come with me to Canada. Okay, I thought we'd be on the driving for days and nights because I'd never been away from home, really. Oh, my God, I'm going to pack a, you know, all kinds of food and who knows how long we'll be on the road. But, uh, he said, you're going to be more free. There's going to be guys your size that can fly and you're going to be more free to grow as a wrestler. Um... That was it. Boom.
2: So needless to say, Canada wasn't necessarily kind of where you planned it. Just it—that's it, just kind of the way it went, right?
0: Yep. I mean, that was yeah. That, from from Portland, you don't have a lot of opportunity. There's there's Portland, which at the time, Sandy was shutting down, and that was it. Um. You know, there was little independent things in Tacoma, but I had, I had no idea. And uh, and other than that. Your main cities cities on the uh, West Coast are San Francisco and L.A., so Mm -hmm. five hours north is going to be Vancouver, B.C., and there was a uh, little scene brewing up there, and they were bringing Matt up, and he said, you're coming with me up there. So he got booked, and uh, Ty hooked me up with Michelle Starr, who still runs shows to this day.
2: Still am.
0: Yeah, All-Star Wrestling there, and ECCW is still running. In yep. the area there, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, that, that was it. I was off and running.
1: Awesome. So, before my question, I just want to make sure. Before you went in and did your match, um, your very first match, you, you were fully trained, right?
0: Yes. Um, <clears throat> Billy taught me a lot, and then Matt took over and taught me more. And then by... So, that was... I started in June... Maybe July of 96. By October, I was being a referee every Sunday for Sandy Bar
3: and shot TV.
0: So, right from day one, I was doing TV, and they were all, um, you know, Dutch Savage was there, Matt, Colonel De Beers, Richie Magnet, Buddy Wayne. Uh, A lot of guys with so much experience, you know, 20 years experience. And Me and this other kid were, uh, he was Jesse Barr's student. We had just started, so we were the newbies. And the guys above us had five years' experience. Jesse Barr's students um, previous had five years' experience and had already been to Japan. So they, uh, you know, uh, we were so well taken care of and and schooled. Um, It was amazing. I, I was so fortunate.
1: So it seems as though that you really had a, a very good training uh, regimen that, that, that came into place and happened. Now, the, the question that I have for you right now is, given the amount of promotions, not only in North America, but really around the world, how do you feel the impact on the world of professional wrestling is there for a promotion that does not have fully trained workers just to fill their cards?
0: Well, where at? Here um, in New Zealand?
1: Any, anywhere. Or, anywhere. Like, you've got well, these most, promotions. Most of
0: these, most of these guys in these indie wrestling are not trained. <coughs> They'll say they're training, but they're just doing the moves, in, you know, just like me and my cousins did in my grandma's basement when we were 14.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, whatever the latest thing was, the guy went to buckle bomb, good brother, and fight fired him out of the ring that's not you know
1: that's so now having having you know these indie promotions that are there uh that are doing these do you think that it negatively impacts or do you think that there is a positive impact to these not fully trained workers being on cards just to put on a show
0: it's a it's a a slight bit of good and bad because amongst all the riffraff you're going to have a talented person kid with a lot of potential. The problem is, is that he, he, he's not going to get he's not going to get better wrestling Hot Wheels Jimmy who <laughs> just rolled off the couch and wants to give him the, the, the buckle bomb into the third row. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it's a it's a place for someone to start but you don't get better unless you wrestle people that are better than you. You know what I mean, right? So you can learn how to flow and dance, and um, and the thing is, is that and today now, when I was coming up and in the years after that, you were just kind of stuck and you just had to grind it out and be careful and you know don't let anybody give you a double wham-a-doodle or whatever, so you break your neck. But in this 2018, I'm sitting here in New Zealand at Falai Dojo. uh, with the internet and social media and everything else, you you don't need to do these innings. Um, That's
3: true.
0: I mean, you'll do your fair share of independence, but you don't need to sit there and grind it out. You can go and, and train. If you're in North America, New Japan has the LA Dojo with Rocky Romero and those guys. I think the Dudleys have a school. Uh, Harley Race has his thing in Missouri, Ring mm-hmm. of Honor has their camp, Lance Storm has yeah. his school in, in Calgary, so, you know, Booker T's got something and so on, so you can go and get trained by someone reputable who, if you have the potential, with their name on you can open some doors, so you don't have to grind it out for 10 years on the independency. You know, there's a direct route now whether it's uh, into NXT and getting a tryout at the Performance Center to, to uh, you know, we just finished our intake. I just did three months training guys, and all four of them got accepted into the New Japan Dojo. Nice. Cool. So, you know, they, they were worried about, you know, going to Australia, going back to Australia and, 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 and working matches there. I'm saying your goal should be every bump you take is, is, is means something and, and not just means something in the context of the match but you're just not doing it you're not taking bumps in front of 12 people if you can if you can help it you understand what i mean why sit there and grind it out when you could come here train and get accepted in a new japan dojo bam and you're off and running you survive the dojo and you know they like what they see, and then you're on the New Japan roster straight away, or or however their system works. I yeah.
3: can't
0: speak yeah. on that, but you know what I mean.
2: Yeah, for sure. And speaking of the Folly Dojo, I mean, we're we're sit- we're watching you. you're sitting right in front of the sign here. Now you're that you're the head trainer there Sorry. now. And uh, what's the um, how did uh, this kind of come together? And what's the the mindset, the philosophy uh, that you instill on uh, the guys that you're training there?
0: Um, this was a long time coming, I guess in a way, when um, Davey Richards, who I've been friends with for years and I helped get him going um, in wrestling, he was working New Japan in what, 2010, 2011, and he came home one day and said, hey, uh, they want to send one of their young boys over to train with us for a year. And I said, oh, that'd be sweet because, you know, we started having more and more guys moving to St. Louis. Kyle O'Reilly came, and so it was the three of us, and then Aaron Solo came, yep. and uh, a couple more fellas, and I said, yeah, that's that's cool, he goes, yeah, but I want you to train him. He said, I'm on the road so much, plus it's a chance for you to get to know the office, and maybe you can make some connections. I said, great. I said, who's the Japanese guy I got to pick up? He goes, well, he's 6'4 and 350, uh, <laughs> 350 pounds. I said, a 6'4 Japanese guy? I said, no, he says, no, stupid, I keep telling you he's Tongan. He's huge. I said, "Oh, no. So anyway, so um, I, I kind of looked after folly and helped him, and we all trained together. Um, and uh, he was with us for a year. And just straight away from the time I picked him up at the airport, just, uh, just a good uh, connection on friendship level, personality level. So we just had so much fun in St. Louis for the year that he was with us, and and he said, "I'll get you, I'll get you over, I'll get you in, I'll, I'm going to help you somehow." And I said, "Okay." You know, it was. Uh, he went back to Japan and and became the big star that he is now. Um, and. Um, then uh, my phone started ringing earlier this year and, you know, he started his dojo yep. and I knew he started the dojo, but I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, oh, that's awesome. And I'd see his, uh, his videos and stuff that he was doing on Periscope or Facebook Live or whatever and thought, man, that's awesome. And then uh, I was in the, just starting my last Canadian tour in yep. May and I got a call, hey, do you want to come to New Zealand? And I said, well, well yeah, of course. That sounds good to me, and they said, well, June, and I said, well, i am finishing up this tour in June. I said, I, was, I end the tour on the 3rd, so then they sent me the itinerary, and it's like, oh, geez, I'll be flying there on the 7th. So I had like three days to get my ass home from Sault Ste. Marie and yep. wash everything, repack, redo everything, and fly out for three months. <laughs>
1: So, Sault Ste. Marie, so, that's actually where we are, yep, of <laughs> which so. is awesome. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's amazing. I mean, just to, to be able to have that connection and to be able to, you know, really see everything now for you come full circle, you know, from you being trained and to uh, essentially, I guess, the words still kind of exist in the business, paying your dues, going through, coming around now to now your being Head trainer at the Fale Dojo. Now, is this something that is just little spurts that you're doing, or is this like you've moved there and this is going to be full time for you now?
0: Um, started out it was going to be a three month, uh, a three month thing, and then about a month in, they said they asked if I wanted to stay and do another one. I said, well. <laughs> I'm gonna get a work permit, I'll just stay. But all I care to do is uh, do my Canadian tours, and then I can come back here and do this. And uh, you know, if I wrestle here and wrestle Australia, and if I'm lucky, Japan, and fly back and do Canada, because uh, the last couple of years I haven't worried much about the American scene except for uh, tried and true pro wrestling out of Clarksville, Tennessee. Okay, uh, that was the one place that that i miss those guys but other than that i wasn't worried about doing little wrestling shots i just went back home and prepared and 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 tried to help cwe up there out of winnipeg as much as possible behind the scenes prepare for all the tours and help grow their their uh, operation up there which is incredible yeah
2: Uh, so speaking of you touring in cw in canada what was it like touring with Jake the Snake Roberts in the middle, the dead of winter up here in Canada.
3: <laughs> it
0: was alright. I didn't spend a ton of time with Jake. Um, there was a couple nights that we all I, uh, me and um, Kevin Lee Davidson, KLD we uh, roomed with Jake and uh, drove him. I know he was with, uh, Jake was with KLD a lot because uh, he had his vehicle so he could just take Jake where he needed to be if he needed to rest or if there was TV shots and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, But you know what? I'll tell you something. He, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Jake Roberts came in there and helped set up the ring. Uh, helped us, uh, you know, when we had some, um, they put us up in different venues or a different part of the venue and he made suggestions you should set it up this way guys this way where's the dressing room going to be i'd set it up this way so y'all are coming out there if the fans are coming in from over here and things of that nature so he got right in there and we are all just kind of going jesus what's he doing you know no, <laughs> jake you don't need to do this with the boards but he, he got in there not every night but but he got in there and was critiquing and was giving genuine feedback um and he did, you know, he went to those after-party appearances, but he didn't want to stay long because he didn't want to be around the booze and all that. Yep. So I always heard that, oh, did he relapse or this and that? Absolutely not. When we were in Saskatoon over New Year's Eve, he had a soda in his hand and he was <laughs> there. And as soon as it was midnight, uh, he took off back to the hotel, with KLD, and and shortly thereafter, I was out the door too. But Nope. I mean he was first class all the way. There was um, – well, I'll tell you, it, 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 there was some rough times because the way that – just the, the terrain up there, the way the cities are laid out. We've got a 7 a.m. TV spot yeah. in Regina, and we're in medicine half the night before. we got to drive through the night four hours to Regina, get him to his hotel where he can sleep for two hours and then get up and, you know what I mean? So he's a little grumpy, and rightfully so. Um, And there was a couple of nights like that. And, yeah, I mean, how can you not be grumpy? So, But uh, uh, he was great, absolutely great.
2: Yeah, no, and we loved having him here too. And uh, you know, Carl, and even guy, you, you can tell a bit of the story too, Carl.
1: Yeah, I mean the, the the story that that we have of Jake. I mean, we we usually when C W E comes to town. I mean, we've really developed a good close relationship with Danny and and with you know the guys as as, as far as we hope right uh so we'll show up early we'll show up and wait for you guys to show with the ring so that we can help set up and set up chairs and and do all of this help set up the tables and stuff right so we're there we're starting to set up we're putting out chairs and jake comes in (laughs) and we needed to move these chairs from where they were out onto the floor the arena floor and jake's like how are you going to move all of these chairs and i'm like jake watch this i said 10 at a time he goes, "No." no, you can't do 10 at a time. I said, two people, we can do 10 at a time, Jake. He goes, no, can't be done. No, no, can't be done. So I was like, okay, Jake, come on over here with me for a minute. So he comes over to where we were and I grabbed uh, the chairs and tilted them down, held the bottom, had it up on my shoulder. Joe picked up the other end and we just walked with them. And he goes, well, holy crap, dudes. There you go. (laughs) It was just... One of those, for us, for us, just one of those little, wow, we just got a nod from Jake the Snake Roberts. That was cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, I think that pretty much everybody got some kind of good feedback from him. I know that there was a couple yeah. of my matches he was watching and uh, sitting right there at ringside. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, uh, the great thing is is that everybody that, that we've had that Danny's brought in, Nikita Koloff. Ooh. Uh, Paul Orndorff. I think Paul was the first legend that we started having on the tours. It was Paul, Nikita Koloff, and then uh, and Ron Simmons. The last one was Ron Simmons. Yes. So all four of those guys, uh, phenomenal, just 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 great, uh, great feedback, great company. You know, great stories. So I mean, just really. Uh, uh, Uplifting for everybody, you know. It gets it's a grind on that road, but when you get to share the car and hear the stories with Nikita or Ron Simmons, or you know, you sit down and and one of those guys, Paul Orndorf, sits down with you for dinner, it's cool stuff, you know, just as the fan, the 14, 15 year old in me. Yeah, you know, (laughs) and everybody's like that, right? Mm
2: hmm. Well, speaking of uh, upcoming CW tours and upcoming legends coming up here, we're going to take a brief break here, and we're actually going to hear a little bit from that and some of our friends, and we'll be right back to talk some more professional wrestling with Mr. Tony Kazina. This
1: is CW champion Hotshot Daddy Duggan, and you're listening to my preferred podcast, the J&K Podcast. Make sure to check us out live on our next tour as CDB presents WWE legend Brutus the Barber Beefcake October 22nd to November 21st on the Strutton & Cutting Tour.
3: So... What's up, everybody?
0: This is Mr. Stud Tackler, Mr. Two Hundred Five Live, Bryson Scott, and you're listening to the JNK Podcast.
2: Big Joe and Carl Karafell here back on the JK Podcast with our very special guest coming again from all the way from New Zealand, Mr. Tony Casino. Welcome
1: back, everyone. So yeah, we heard there, we heard from Danny, Danny Duggan of the CWE. They will be coming back through. Canada and through the Sault Ste. Marie area, they are going to be bringing with them some top tier names. If you are a fan and watch professional wrestling and listen to and watch ring of honor, you will know the name of the faction called the kingdom. All three members of the kingdom will be here in Sault Ste. Marie along with the special guest guest, legend coming through Canada with the CWE on this winter tour is going to be none other than Brutus, the Barber Beefcake. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, that's going to be
2: really, really good. And they're going a lot further east going across Canada this time, so I think uh, Danny's on going all the way to Sudbury. So, so it should be interesting. Yeah, well, um, I
0: think the last shot, or second to last, is Sudbury.
2: All right, I have um, definitely have some more uh, questions for you here. I, I think uh, kind of an interesting one uh, to talk about here. Uh, it's a weird thing amongst wrestlers. A lot of wrestlers have superstitions. Uh, some don't wash their boots, or they, uh, they they tend to wear the same kind of socks, or they wear the same socks all the time, or you know, like, uh, do you have any wrestling superstitions, Tony?
0: No, I don't know that I've ever heard of certain things, or maybe baseball players. I thought. Uh, had something like that? I never heard of anything like
2: that in wrestling. But uh, nope. No, no, I don't. I don't. Yeah, because we've definitely uh, talked to that. definitely talked to some where. Uh, I think Tommy Dreamer uh, mm-hmm. says wearing the same socks. I think for every uh, for every match or whatnot. So yeah, it's a uh, definitely a thing that's out there, uh, I it, it was just very much curious to see if you had any of those.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, it never crossed my mind even.
1: No, really. I mean, yep. so some people do, some people don't. I mean, it's just yep. one of those things out there that people are like, you know what? I won wearing, you know, this pair of underwear. I'm going to continue to wear this pair of underwear or something like that, right? So,
0: I guess uh, when I when I put my tights on, I give it a good look to make sure the crotch isn't ripped out and say a quick prayer that the crotch doesn't blow right out of them when I'm out there <laughs> performing. But other than that, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that might qualify as one well. of the will go with that. Definitely. So, I got, I got kind of a, a little bit of a weird um, question here for you. It might not be so weird to you, but um, kind of taking a little bit of a different direction, but kind of still staying with independent promotions. Now, the WWE, as we all know, is a essentially a PG. It's a family company uh, with programming for everyone. Now... Given the precedence that the WWE has put on pro wrestling and it being the global entertainment, family oriented uh, programming to watch, do you find that it kind of takes away from independent promotions who are trying to be a little bit more edgier and gain viewership uh, and really not in turn being able to because of WWE having family programming and that's what people are used to?
0: So does it take away from independent promotions?
1: Yeah, WWE being now, family PG. Do you think it takes away?
0: No, no, it, it it's its own universe. It's its own thing. It's beyond pro wrestling. I think that uh, the, the the type of people they draw, in addition to wrestling fans, watch it because they look at uh, the the wrestlers as uh, TV celebrities. Okay. Um. I mean, that's my take. What, what do I know, really? But, um, and, um, you know, there's got to be an alternate to WWE uh, with all the, the, the bells and whistles and all that. So, uh, you know, back in the day, the NWA was the, the true alternate because they presented it more as a sport, kind of meat and potatoes. That's what I was influenced by. You know, Tully and Arn and Magnum T.A. versus Tully Blanchard in the bloody eye quit match, and you know it wasn't all uh, cartooned up like WWE. So it was a perfect alternative. Um, to me, the only thing that holds back independent wrestling is trying to be this sports entertainment like WWE. Is if you're if you're being goofy, well, shit, I'll just watch WWE. Yeah. Um, you know, but if you want to give me some, some blood and guts and and just some hard, hitting wrestling action, then I'm all about it. Whether it's New Japan or, or, uh, some, it doesn't matter what, to, uh, this independent promotion is. Well,
2: with you being over. So,
0: but and and, and not, I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, that's okay. And and then just the the scope of the visibility. It's hard. I don't, I don't care what the promotion is. It's hard to. to to uh, you know, you're in a especially if you're in a major city, St. Louis or Nashville or whatever, Philadelphia, with all the millions of people. If you're not on that big blinking board alongside Kiss and Metallica and the NFL and you know, then you're not seen, and that costs a lot of money to get on. You get the TV and the radio and the blinking lights along the interstate, <laughs> yeah. with uh, independent wrestling, it's it's a subculture, and and part of the reason probably is because the visibility you can't you, it's just too hard to be seen in a major market.
2: Uh, with you being over in New Zealand right now, Tony, what's uh, kind of the mindset of the wrestling fan over there? Are, are they more kind of WWE minded, or are, are they the uh, the fan of the independent wrestling? Well,
0: there's a couple of promotions here and the fans are very passionate. They remind me of, uh, well, they remind me of the Canadian
3: fans. (laughs)
0: But um, they, uh, to me, they're quite forgiving because there's a lot of the stuff here that's quite hokey. I'll just say it. I don't give a damn what people think of it. Uh, There's people in there that don't belong in there. They're making a mockery of it. And uh, But, you know, they say, well, there's a demand for it. I guess we should be thankful that... people aren't demanding a donkey show in the middle of a ring, because I, I guess it's, if it's done inside these ropes, you call that professional wrestling, you know? But um, the fans are very passionate. And, uh, and the scene has picked up, I've been told, because these, the numbers, 2, 3, and 400, that, uh, or three, 3 and 400 anyway from the shows that I've been on, um, this wasn't happening a year ago. Yeah. from what i've been told so and now that we've started the dojo um once we get we just got our big facility or our bigger facility we're going to start having shows we're, we're talking about that nothing confirmed yet but uh yeah i mean you know it's a, it, there's definitely people know and especially with the internet uh, the boys from Australia that came over and trained with us, yep. I told them, I said, I'd heard of MCW and a couple of other groups out of Australia because um, the word's just getting out there between Twitter and Instagram and, and uh, people that I'm friends with on Facebook. Uh, some of the North American guys are are starting to go over to Australia. So when the guys I know are over there and they're on the shows, well, of course, you're you're putting on their poster. So I'm learning about these groups. I said, so the world's getting a little bit smaller. Yeah, <laughs> there was uh, such a such talent over there, and guys like Rob Eagles and and you know doing gorilla and, and going where he's going. Like a lot of guys, Travis Banks came and trained with us in St. Louis, and then went to Europe. And uh, I knew he would thrive over there, and he has. Yeah. So there's talent here, um, and that's just in New Zealand. And and so yeah, I mean, it's uh yeah, I see that of promise I haven't been to Australia yet um, I hear that it's really starting to thrive over there as well and I don't see why not yep. you know uh, to me we're on the verge of another big wrestling boom and I and I and I said this on Twitter to me the first two shots that indicate that we could be are all in and the New Japan Ring of Honor selling out Madison Square Garden.
2: Yes. Pop, pop. Yeah, just
0: um, that's not a guarantee, but that's a big indicator because, uh, you know, for the last year or two, some of the guys are, oh, wrestling's in a boom. Wrestling's not in a boom. Wrestling's not in a boom. I'm, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, no. but there's plenty of people that have lived through both wrestling booms. And... When you talk to people that can take or leave wrestling, everybody, whether they're a fan or not, knew of that Macho Man guy or that Hulk Hogan guy or who was that, The Rock and that Stone Cold guy that punched (coughs) his boss out. Everybody knew that.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. And no disrespect to to John Cena or CM Punk or or Lesnar or any of those guys because they're, listen. Light years beyond what I did, but it's not a wrestling boom. People that are not fans don't necessarily know those guys. You understand yep. what I'm saying?
3: Oh Absolutely. yeah. Yep.
0: So it's going. It's interesting time. It's the perfect time for guys coming up. You know, it's a perfect time for a wrestling fan because it's to me. It's going to get real exciting. And those two big things, uh, all in and Ring of Honor uh, slash New Japan doing the uh, Madison Square Garden. What what? What that hopefully will do is get one of these Mark Cuban guys with his billions of dollars to say, "Oh, mm-hmm. oh, there's a there's a huge demand for this business. Let's uh, open our wallets and do something special, and initiate this boom because it's going to take money yep. to get this thing underway."
2: Oh, yeah, I definitely so, agree all in and uh, this deal with Madison Square Garden. I mean, it's, it's given independent wrestling in the alternative a huge shot in the arm recently. So it's, it's a very exciting uh, to see and some possible NWA involvement. I know Carl has some uh, NWA kind of related stuff going on as well.
1: Yeah, so I mean, with, with Cody and the Young Bucks putting on all in and I mean, it was, it was an amazing show they really knocked it out of the park. And you're talking about, you know, the NWA title, a world's heavyweight championship was on the line there. Yep. And you've...
0: I, uh, that's the only match I saw was Cody and Nick Allison. Man, I like that match.
1: <laughs> right, that right? Was, yep.
0: That was my kind of wrestler. I Man, I really like that match.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the consensus, yeah. So now with that, do you, do, you, do you think that we could maybe see, because of, like... Yep. How amazing that match was, and how how mainstream this is really going with that. You're talking about there being a uh, another boom that's that's on the verge of happening. Do you think with the NWA that we may see them kind of resurge with territories not only in the U.S. and Canada but across the world and really try to bring back territories? Coffee time. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Kazina yeah. needs to make himself another cup of coffee.
0: Oh, my God. How can I not?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, with these territories, territories? yeah. Do you think we'll see NWA come back with territories and globalize it?
0: You know, it doesn't need to. No, because I don't. uh, And listen, I love those territories and Crockett NWA uh, more than anything. But something I've chewed on is that um, we always want to hold on to these things that we had yesterday. and And that's not... That's not moving forward. Life is always in every, in every facet moving forward. Music, any, every entertainment, sports, it's all that's moving forward and it's evolving. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have territories the way that we had them yesterday where you have your area, I'm over here, you know what I mean? You have Central Canada, I've got West Canada, so on and so forth. But what you're going to have is the, uh, the, the promotion, the promotion that's standing out and drawing some people. You're gonna um, you're gonna have and it's been done and I've been a firm believer for years. It's like why is the why is the FIP title not defended in such and such?
3: Yeah. And
0: now uh, you know there was a there was a title. I don't pay too much attention to indie wrestling, but just before Davey Richards got hurt, I think he was the defy champion you know that defy group out of seattle yeah yep. so they defy was kind of working with combat zone was kind of working with what revolution pro out of uh, united kingdom if i'm not mistaken
3: believe right, yeah. and
0: davy had two of the belts but he, or he or he lost the combat zone title in seattle at a defy show or something like that and to me that's how you build the importance of a title so it's not the territory so much as the. Now we just have the promotion because most of these promotions are just running a town or two. Yes. Whether you want to think, whether you want to think about it as a territory, fine, fine. Um, you know, it's just kind of. But you know, even even down here right now in New Zealand, IPW Impact Pro Wrestling New Zealand is probably the big dog here and mm-hmm. on on the North Island. On the South Island, I think it's SPW down. Way south, they drew like 1,200 people, um, if I'm not mistaken. And then, you know, Australia's got MCW and some others that I don't – I'm sorry, I don't know right off the top of my head. But, yep. you know, you've got these these groups, PWG and AAW and, you know, Major League Wrestling in Florida and so on. Um, you're going to see the NWA title defended on those shows because uh, that's what I think. I, I don't know from the little tiny bits that I've pieced together from what uh, Dave Lagana and uh, Billy Corgan are doing. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're looking to to bring on members so much as they're looking to revamp the NWA World Title, which they certainly have. Oh yes, I mean it's 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 right there, and you know you know what's amazing. Uh, through the years, and, and you know how people are, the fans, the shit on the NWA belt. It oh, doesn't mean nothing anymore. It doesn't mean nothing. Uh, that thing's been dead, you know, and and man, Adam Pearce had that for years and yeah. traveled all over the world with it and did everything he could to keep that thing elevated. Yeah. Um, and then, what you know, once he dropped it and, and it, the, the guys in Texas had it or whatever, it goes back, people shit on the title and all this, that. But <clears throat> as soon as it ends up in a major show, in a marquee match, it's the most important. It's the oldest title in the world. It's the most prestigious title. It's like, of course it is. Yeah, you know
1: <laughs> that's I mean? right. Yeah, that's so right.
0: I, you, know, you always dis- just, just discount uh, people that are hating on this, that, and the other. I loved it. Like I said, oh, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it, 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 was, it was showcased in the manner that it should be,
3: yeah.
0: Uh, and God, that, I, I just really enjoyed that match. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that, to answer your question on my long-winded answers, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, I don't think that they're looking for necessarily NWA members like it's been done in the past, I think they're looking at big shows, they're going to have that rematch, what, October 14th in Nashville, I don't even know who the promotion is, maybe it's them running their NWA show for all I know. Or they could be piggybacking off of another group. I have no idea.
3: Uh, yeah,
1: NWA the seventieth NWA's seventieth anniversary. So I believe it's the NWA that's that's putting this one on. Yeah. So I could be that's wrong. good
0: though, because but, um, you know it gives them a chance to showcase some of their other. I don't even know if the you know. I tried to talk to Lagana about the junior title, but they were focused on the uh,
1: on the, the world. Title. Yeah.
0: So. I'll make this Canadian Unified title a world title.
1: Awesome. awesome.
2: All right. Um, my uh, One of my final <laughs> questions here, and it's a pretty big one here. And I, you, You've been around for, for quite a while now, Tony. And what would your advice be to the up-and-coming wrestler, the, the new wrestler getting into the business and whatnot, to to be able to have longevity in, in this business like you have? What, what would be your advice to them getting into this? Uh,
0: learn what this business really is. Go to a reputable school, not Jimmy Crackcorn's school down the block um train like an athlete uh, because well there's no faking being an athlete no. um vice you know it, it depends on your goals some guys you got the wife and the child and to which case i say why are you taking a bump You've got a mortgage and all that you're just waiting because you, if you're just wrestling an independent show, then you've got some numbskull that's gonna give him your you know one flop drop and then there goes your neck and how you' gonna how you gonna take care of your family but That's the way I look at it, right but um right okay. but um <laughs> if your goal is you know being the best wrestler and, and making a career out of this, like I say. Why go to a community college when Harvard University is accepting accepting all applicants? Yes. I'm down here in Fale Dojo, which is a gateway to the New Japan Dojo. So you don't have to sit here and take bumps uh, in front of twenty people in, (laughs) in, in little arena, you know, little pavilions or whatever. No disrespect to it. I've done it for 20 years. It's what I've done. I've never had a major run anywhere. But why Why do, I'm saying, learn from me. Why do that when you can take the bumps and learn the bumps in front of the right coaches and the people that do the hiring and firing and the major promotions? So...
2: Yeah. Uh, what about the uh, you know the the, the, the bright eyed, wide eyed young prospect coming in and going, "I want to be in WWE." Um, do, you, do, 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 do you do you say that's a good good approach, a good mindset to have?
0: Oh, I think it's great. But yeah. you know, I uh, um, I'd love to be in WWE. Who would who wouldn't? <laughs> you know. Um, but your I always say your mindset's going to determine on. How far you go in this business if you're just lost in space? Yeah, I want to be in WWE, and you know, exactly. Every time you're you're going to train, you're just pretending you're something. Then you don't get it. Mm-hmm. You're just okay. You got to Please buy a ticket. Yeah. But if if your if your feet are on the ground, um, do it. You you, you know, do some research. Look at that performance center. Uh, it's a it's a it's a high end facility. You got to be a top-level athlete, you know. When when David Richards was starting out, he figured those guys are high-end athletes, and he just started figuring out how to train and just started training. You know, you want to go to WWE and you're starting out, awesome. Start training. Start training now. Get ready, because when you go to that performance center, I'm gonna. I imagine never been there. Mm. I imagine they're gonna bust your ass, and and uh, so so you know you're 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 gonna have to produce. Mm. And it doesn't matter how many flips you can do, you, you've got to be the, the dis, you know, especially over here, disciplined.
2: Yeah, and I'll say, you know, too, that, uh, you know, not necessarily, I don't think that every new person getting into this business needs to just maybe solely be focused on WWE, you know, now that we have Ring of Honor and New Japan working together and Impact Wrestling making uh, literally an impact again, you know, there, there's definitely some other alternatives and some places where you, c- you can do very well for yourself, you know, uh, money-wise and just notoriety-wise without having to go necessarily to WWE if, if you know, if, it's, if it seems a little too unrealistic.
0: Well, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of ignorant on to that. I don't I don't know. I, here, Here's the way I take it. You, you can get by or maybe you could make 50 or 60,000 a year on the independence. Mm-hmm. But how long is that going to last?
3: That's OK, true. It,
0: it, it, if if you're making 60,000 a year for 30 years, like you would working for Boeing or something like that. Right. But in independent wrestling, <clears throat> you, uh, I, I keep my feet on the ground and look at the reality of it. And then, like I, like I tell the guys, okay, you want to wrestle, that's sweet. What are you going to do when you're done with wrestling? Because if you don't have a backup plan and you're done in eight years, yep. and hey, maybe you made 170000 a year for eight years, that's great. But what are you going to do? You're still 35 or you're 40. What are you going to do? You know what you're going to do if you don't have a backup plan? Uh, 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 clean up on aisle five.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yep.
0: Clean up on aisle five. All right. That, and, that, and that's yep. the world outside of wrestling that doesn't give a shit about you or me.
2: Exactly. Well, I couldn't have said any better than myself there. That's, uh, that's the, the harsh reality, folks. All right, guys, we'll take another quick break, and we'll be right back.
3: Hi,
1: I'm Michael Malkor from TheGorillaPosition.com and The Roar Network here with a very important message. This commercial that you're hearing right now, this very audio, this prime piece of real estate can be yours. That's right. Your product, service, show, or whatever you need to bring attention to can be done right here on this very podcast or on any of our shows here on The Roar Network. But that's not all. A host of other services can also be yours. Communications, news releases, video editing and production, any number of public relations and marketing services are available for the asking. Contact us at thegorillaposition1 at gmail.com today to find out how we can help you grow your audience, your bookings, your attendance, and your
3: business. Whoa! G'day, Manny's Bushwacker Luke here, 2015 Hall of Famer, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Yeah! Whoa!
2: All right, Tony. Well, it's been, it's been a pleasure talking with you. And um, before we go, let everybody know where they can find you on social media and if, you're, if you've got any, any upcoming shows or, or what else you've got going on other than uh, where you're at right now.
0: Uh, social media, you can just find me at Tony Cozina or uh, what is that? Uh, at TT Cozina and the number one on, gosh, what, Instagram, Instagram. Twitter snapchat periscope all that good stuff awesome and uh for shows i think i'm i'm not sure what the date it might be october 19th i'm gonna be at impact wrestling new zealand and then um I'm, i'm gonna probably be well probably i'm gonna be coming back to canada for the 2019 tour in february i believe it is so that's what I have right now. There's some other things in the work, but they're not, they're not confirmed yet. So, um, so I can't say anything on that end, but hopefully they do get confirmed to be sweet.
2: Awesome. All right, Carl. Well, I think that's a good way to wrap up the episode here. Uh, let's uh, let everybody know where they can find us on social media.
1: Social media for us, guys, we are on Facebook, we are on Instagram, and we are on Twitter, and you can find us by searching at JK Podcasts. Yes, that is with an S on the end because somebody else took JK Podcast. Yeah. So you can find us on, again, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at JK Podcasts. And, of course, for listening to the episodes, you can find us on Podbean, on Google Play Music, on iTunes,
2: on YouTube, and, of course, as part of the Roar Network on thegorillaposition.com.
1: That's right, guys. And we don't want to forget our sponsors that we have. We are part of and the first sponsored podcast with com. You guys from our social media can click on any of the links that are available there and take yourself over to Elbow brand.com. Get yourselves a t-shirt. Get yourselves a hat. Get yourselves a little towel if you want. It doesn't matter. Anything that you get there, you can put in the promo code JK podcast at the checkout and get 10% 10% off your order as well for all of you vapors that are out there just like myself we want to make sure that we mention HypeCityVapers.com. you guys can go there and take a look at any of the vape juice that they have and get yourselves 15% off your entire order when you use promo code JKpodcast
2: alright Carl Tony that's a good way to end up the episode here and we'll see
1: you guys on the next one ciao
0: this is Ryan Bowman, editor-in-chief of the GorillaPosition.com, and you're listening to the JK Podcast.